You're listening to episode 34 of the Broken Glass podcast, How to Prioritize as a Multi-Creative with Mandy Dixon. You're listening to the Broken Glass podcast, a podcast with a mission to highlight women in the music industry through their stories, from their successes to their trials and tribulations. We'll share tools and resources available to you to make your music dream job come to life or to start that business you've always wanted to own. But most of all, you'll be a part of the Broken Glass community where we support and encourage each other and open the doors to working in music. I'm your host, Christy Jacobson, entrepreneur, music lover, wonderluster, and dreamer. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Broken Glass Podcast. Um, Today, I have Mandy Dixon with me. She is a multi-passionate creative, sings, writes, acts, arranges, all kind of across the board. Um, So I'm really excited to have her here. So Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So let's just dive right in. So, um, you know, I kind of mentioned a few things that you do, but just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in, I guess, really the entertainment and creative industry. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I, like you said, I'm multi-passionate. I am a singer. I'm an actress. I arrange music. I vocal direct, um, do a little bit of writing as well. And so I stay pretty busy. (laughs) It sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of a mix of releasing albums. Um, I do a lot of touring with, uh, I do a Disney tour every year that I vocal direct and I do a lot of touring with large orchestras and I, my husband and I have a cover band that does a lot of wedding and events. So I stay busy with that and yeah. Yeah. You definitely have your plate full. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's take it back a little bit. Um, how did you, how did you get into, you know, music and, and the creative industry, the arts and, and all that? Yeah, I got started, actually, my first performance, I stole the microphone from my sister when she was singing <laughs> to her parents, two years old, kind of stole the show a little bit, my parents were like, uh-oh, this girl likes to be on stage, um, and I always thought that was just a family legend, but I actually saw a photo of it, so it, it really happened. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up, you know, singing in church, doing musicals, doing local productions. I had like a girl band in high school and, you know, really immersed myself throughout childhood and high school and then went to college for, for music and acting. So you've really been involved kind of from, well, I guess almost birth, right? Like you were. Yeah. 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 It, it always just felt natural to me and it always felt like something I, I had to do. Um, I never really considered doing anything else. I always, I always knew I wanted to sing and, and be creative. That's awesome. And, and especially knowing that from such a young age too, because I think a lot of us are like, you know, we get to high school and we're like, I don't know what I want to go to college for. I don't know what I want to do, but to be really solid in that and know this is what I want to do. Um, I yeah. think that's, you know, that, that kind of helps you with your career too, right? Like you're not spending time in in college trying to decide what you want to do, you got it and you're, you know, you got, you know, one step ahead of everybody pretty much. Yeah, definitely. I think that was always something I was really grateful for that I knew what I wanted to do. I think even within 
acting or, or singing or music in general, there are so many different ways you can go. So one thing that I've had to work on over the years is being more specific about, okay, like I'm a singer, but do I want to release albums? Do I want to do Broadway? Do I want to um, tour? Do I want to be in a band? You know, so even within the larger industry, it can, you can get a little lost too, but I've enjoyed exploring a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so after you graduated, um, you know, with, with music and, and acting and that, um, what did you immediately jump into, you know, a specific job or did you kind of take your time? Like, what was that kind of transition like? Yeah, I actually got my first, uh, professional big show. Uh, when I was a senior in college, I got offered to do a show down at Disney, um, called the voyage of the little mermaid. And it was, kind of a dream come true for me because I always loved Ariel, always wanted to be the Little Mermaid, even though that sounds kind of silly for an adult woman. <laughs> so right out of college, I moved down to Florida and did that show, which was great. Yeah, that and that's great experience too. I mean, Disney is huge. So to, to be in that, you know, and, and to be welcomed into that, that's pretty, pretty awesome. And is that kind of what kept you through doing all the, the Disney up to today? Yeah, it's interesting. That was definitely my first stop uh, with with Disney. And I ended up getting into doing big orchestra tours as a singer, which isn't directly related. Like they, they're totally different departments, but it's been interesting how Disney has continued to stay this um, pretty consistent thing in my career. I've worked with Disney on and off since then. So it's been over 10 years and I love working with Disney. So I've done, you know, a jazz, a Disney jazz tour. I've done concert tours. I've done the show and I hope to just continue working with Disney over the years. So you, when you do the orchestral tours, um, what's mm -hmm. that like? Um, you know, cause I hear a lot, you know, I, I'm, I'm very involved in, you know, the, the rock and, and, and that kind of, those kind of tours. I know a lot about that, but what is, what does that kind of tour look like for you? Oh man, it's, it's so incredible. Um, the first big tour that I did was called Disney on Classic. And it actually originated with Jody Benson, who was the voice of the, Little, of the Little Mermaid, and Paige O'Hara, who was the voice of Belle. And, you know, there are a lot of really big Disney fans in Asia, and especially in Japan. And so they brought those singers over and they would, you know, sing the music live. And it was such a huge hit. And so, you know, maybe not those big star, those big stars couldn't necessarily come back every single year. So they started to hire New York, you know, Broadway type singers. And um, I was so thrilled when I auditioned and, and got cast in that show. And, you know, it's, it's very different than a rock show, but at the same time, the Japanese fans like kind of treat you like a rock star and they come to the stage door afterward and I mean, the venues would just be sold out. We were sometimes in up to 5,000 seats. We did like the Tokyo International Forum. Um, and the orchestra was between, it depended on where we were in the tour, but we were between 55 and 95 piece orchestras. That's and cool. it just, yeah, it's huge. And it's hard to put into words. You know, you hear a recording of, of that and it's beautiful, but when you hear it live, it just stirs your soul it's just incredible and 
I think Disney music is some of the best music ever written, especially Alan Minken's works from Little Mermaid and Aladdin and and all of those. And yeah, it's a lot of fun. We we wouldn't like dress up as the characters. We'd wear ball gowns, and you'd kind of inhabit the character's voice. But it wasn't it wasn't theater. It was more like this concert experience. And they would put up videos and photos of the characters in the movies behind you. So there was also this visual aspect, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, so I, I've done those tours in Japan. Um, I did another tour throughout Taiwan where we did some arenas. And uh, yeah, and now I'm working with a fairly new project called Disney World Beat. And it's doing jazz music from Disney movies with a big band. So some of it is songs that are already jazz from the older movies like Lady and the Tramp. And then some of it were kind of taking the newer music and flipping it and making it jazz. And it's so much fun. And it's, it's just a blast. Yeah, that sounds like a really unique idea. Like I wouldn't think, you know, to hear some of those you know, Disney songs in a, in a jazz style, but I'm, now I'm really intrigued and interested to hear that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And this was, it was the conductor that I had worked with on Disney on Classic. He retired from that show and he was like, you know, I want to start something new. And he called me and he was like, do you think you want to like be involved in, in the process and, and help me? And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. Um, and so we did our first tour in Japan last year and it sold out and people really seem to love it. So we're, going back again this year and we hope to bring it to North America and China and some other countries as well. Yeah, that would be a cool experience. I'd love to hear that for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you had, you know, we talked about you, you did orchestral and then now you're working in kind of jazz. So you've had experience across a lot of different genres. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. What, what's been your favorite? I mean, I'm sure you love them all, but is there a particular favorite genre that you like to perform? Um, or yeah, gosh, that's, that's really tough. I would say, you know, Disney music is really up there. Um, Disney music is very special to perform. I, other than that, I would say kind of the adult contemporary, like I love a wonderful power ballad. Um, I did some Christmas concerts with the Singapore symphony, um, about a year ago and it was a lot of, it was, it was almost like Celine Dion-esque kind of pops covers with this big orchestra and choirs. And I, I really love that sound as well. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, and to, to be so, um, what's, I can't think of what the word I want to say, just, uh, you know, you can shift from genres, right? Like you, you have that kind of, you know, you can go between them, right? Because some people mm-hmm. you're like, okay, you're just meant for this. But to have that kind of flow where you can, that, that's, I think, would be a, an asset for your career, right? Yeah, definitely. I think that has helped open up doors that otherwise wouldn't be open. Um, it also is really fun for me, you know, because I, I love a lot of different kinds of music. And one of the jobs I had early on after I left Disney, I did some cruise ships. And that's actually where I met my husband. He's a keyboard player. And that was so much fun because we had a country music show. We had a, a show called Ballroom Fever that was more like jazz and standards and things like that. And then we had a show called Piano Man that was more like pop, Elton John, you know, Billy Joel, Stevie Wonder kind of music. 
And I always loved that job because I got to sing such a range of music and it, I think it helps me sharpen those styles a little bit too. So definitely recommend doing, you know, cruise ship work for young singers as well. Yeah, I've heard, um, I actually have a, a current co-worker who was working on cruise ships and then I had um, a college classmate who worked on cruise ships, um, both you know, playing instruments, um, but they raved about their experience on, on those. They loved it. Um, yeah. It just, it just, I guess the opportunity to travel, but then also to, it's something different every night, right? Like it's, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's variety and it, it, you know, cause I think a lot of us, you know, kind of get into certain careers and it's just so monotonous, but, but something mm-hmm. like that, I think adds variety and it, it adds excitement to your, your career and your lifestyle and, and you know, what you do. Definitely. And you meet people from all over the world and you perform for different types of audiences too. You know, the, the audience in France is going to be really different than the audience in, you know, South America, which is going to be different than the Japanese audience. So you, it's just really interesting as a performer too, to learn to, keep your energy no matter what you're feeling in the audience. Um, It's, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. And, and so you've traveled kind of everywhere and I, I'm a big traveler too. I love to, to go, you know, I went abroad last year and, and um, I'm actually originally from Canada. So, you know, travel has kind of been in my blood since I was really young. Um, What was your, your favorite place to visit um, or, and to perform? Oh my goodness. That's, yeah, that's hard. I love so many places. Um, I think to some of my favorite places that I went when I worked on the cruise ship were places I either hadn't heard of or I hadn't heard much about. Like uh, there's a place called Katora Montenegro that is just breathtaking and parts of Croatia that were really beautiful. Um, to tour, I would say Japan and Singapore are both so incredible, um, not only their culture, but also just the people are amazing and warm and friendly and have such big hearts. So I, it, it's funny, like Japan and Singapore almost feel like home to me because I've been there a lot, spent a lot of time, made friends, and I really love being in those places. Well, and that's kind of what makes it too, is the people. You know, you're, you're, they, they really help with your experience. And, and, you know, when I traveled abroad last year, um, you know, I was in Europe for the most part, but, you know, I just remember, you know, how friendly people were in, in Denmark. Um, you know, I had family there, but, and we were staying with them, but just, you know, it, it just added that like extra level of like, okay, this place is really cool. And I really want to stay here. And, and, and as you know, English is my first language and it's kind of my only language, but I do understand, you know, I, I can read and, and kind of hear certain things in other languages. So, but just yeah. the fact that people are so open and willing to be like, okay, you don't speak this language, you know, okay, how can we communicate? And let's, I can speak English. Let's, you know, communicate that way. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. It, it, and, and, you know, music especially is such a shared language, you know, it's, mm-hmm you know, we could all, you know, speak totally different languages and not understand each other. But as soon as you put music into that, you know, that adds another level. Definitely. Definitely. And that was another thing working on the cruise ship is you would know when you were performing like, Oh, tonight they don't, they don't 
most of the people in the audience don't speak English. So you have to, you know, tell the story in your voice and, and with your onstage presence so they still feel what you're singing about. Right, and the emotions and, you know, yeah. all, all that. Yeah, that is so cool. Um, you know, I, like I said, I love traveling, so I love to hear people's stories from around the world. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so kind of shifting gears a little bit, um, kind of staying in, the, in the, the music realm, you have a new album being released, um, actually, tomorrow, March 8th, this podcast is going to air a little bit later, but um, I will be sure to link everything in the show notes so everybody can go find you and, and the album, but can you tell me a little bit about it and what you're most excited about with it? Definitely. So it is an album of, in my opinion, some of the greatest songs ever written. So they're cover songs by uh, some of my favorite male rockers like Elton John, Queen, The Beatles, The Beach Boys. And my goal was to sort of reinvent and reimagine these songs and tell them from, from my perspective and, and from a feminine perspective. Um, so I, I love all the original songs, but I wanted to sort of breathe new life and new meaning into them too. That is really cool. Um, mm. So from a, a feminine perspective, um, I'm just kind of curious about that. Like how you, you found, you have this song that you really love and, and how do you kind of add that perspective into it? Like, are you just changing words or, or how do you go about that? What's that process like? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't change any lyrics, but what I, what I started thinking about was, you know, the original writer may have had a specific idea in mind when he wrote the lyrics, but a great story and a great song is almost like a diamond. If you turn it a little bit, like new light shines. And I thought, like, how can I relate some of these songs to what I've been through? So I'll give you a couple examples. So the, the very first song on the album is kind of like a little intro song, and it's uh, She's Got Away by Billy Joel. Now that song was originally written from a man to a woman and he's in love with her, right? But I started thinking like this song could be about my mother, my sister, my best friend, my cousin. It's kind of a celebration of, of womanhood. And I wanted to open the album with, with a song that would sort of affirm every woman's worth, like just inherently. Um, and kind of celebrate that, you know, she's got a way about her. I don't know what it is, but I know that I can't live without her. And so that was kind of the opening message. And I guess another example would be the song Rocket Man. Um, I've always loved Elton John, and I always wanted to do a cover of Rocket Man. And for a while, I, I didn't because I thought, you know, the song's called Rocket Man, and it's in the first person, like, oh, I can't. Is that weird if I do that? And then the more I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, so often as women, we feel like we have to ask for permission to do the things we want to do, and we, we feel inhibited. And as I kind of wrestled with the lyrics of that song, for me, it became about being a woman in the workplace. And Mars was almost like this, this metaphor for being out in the world, being out in the workforce, but still trying to figure out how do I deal with the parts of me that are left back home and how do I deal with, you know, there's a line in the song about children and raising them. So it's kind of like, I need to go out there and prove I'm a rocket man. I can do everything a man does. I can, you know, be awesome and be tough, but I still need to like go back to earth and, 
and find myself there and deal with the other parts of myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. That is such a, a amazing concept. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of us, we hear these songs and it's like, oh, you know, we don't really think about it in that way, but to really reimagine them from that, especially what you just said about Rocket Man, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, now that you've said that, I'm like, okay, that is so true. Like, <laughs> you know, it, it, it definitely kind of flips everything on its head and, and um, it makes you really think. And um, I, I love what you're doing with that because, you know, like this podcast is very focused on, on women in the industry and how can we, you know, it's called the Broken Glass Podcast. How can we break that glass ceiling? Um, and, and I think this album that you're doing with this perspective is so perfect, um, especially, you know, and timely in, in this day and age where, you know, we are trying to, especially in the music industry and, and the entertainment industry, just really, you know, show that we're here and that we're up to that level. You know, we can do what the guy next to us is doing, you know, um, yes. we can collaborate yeah. with them and, 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 you know, we have the same level of skills and intelligence it's, it's really yeah but we have to almost like prove it doubly as much you know right. it, it's sometimes so crazy how I you know there have been times in the past I felt so underestimated or so um treated differently you know because I am a woman and, and times I've been treated wonderfully too it's not like it's always been that way but yeah, we, we have to work really hard to prove that we, that we can do all the same things. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always ask the question too, you know, coming across, um, you know, do you come across any resistance? And, you know, I think as, as women in the industry, like you said, we just have to, we really have to prove ourselves. Um, yeah, and, and luckily I know in my career and, and, you know, maybe you've experienced this too, I've had a lot of really amazing male supporters, um, mm -hmm. you know, managers, or, you know, even, you know, VPs and, and whatnot, who, who've really seen, you know, what I, what I can do and really helped me get, you know, move up. Right. And really helped me get yeah. experiences. Um, I've been very lucky in, in that. I think, you know, the, the part I struggled with was coming into the industry was more of just getting that foot in the door, um, mm -hmm. you know, which, which a lot of people, even men have a hard time getting a foot in the door in the industry. So that's, that's not, you know, really a gender thing is really, but, you know, it, just to have that level of support that you can get is, is pretty amazing. Um, have you had any, you know, I, you've had some struggles. Have you had any particular resistance? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely have had a couple of tough situations. Um, well, first of all, I'll say, you know, the Disney tours have all been really wonderful and treated the men and women equally. And, and you know, I was given a leadership position in this particular tour and everyone has been so wonderful. Um, so everyone I continue to work with treats me equally. Um, I have had some bad experiences where women were treated and paid a lot less than the men on the tour. Um, something I discovered sort of accidentally on a tour that I was on was that, um, long, long story short, like there were times where on certain days, like the women would get half pay of their normal rate and the men were getting the full rate every day. And 
like literally all the men. There wasn't a single man, man who got half pay. The only people who got the half pay were women. And finding that out, I mean, just my heart dropped to the floor. It was that moment I'll never forget because you know, you know, stuff happens, but when it's so, um, when the difference is so huge, right? Yeah, it's, it's just you're like, oh my gosh, and and this also went along with a work environment where there was a lot of blatant sexism and treatment was very different between the men and the women. So when I found out, it was like it was shocking, but at the same time, I was like, kind of kind of makes sense yeah you know um and then it's, it's really hard because when you speak up it's met with a lot of resistance I have you know spoken up about things like that and also you know when I worked on the cruise ship I was a vocal captain so which was great because it was it was actually a male uh casting director in charge of the vocalist chose me to lead which was awesome but then it was interesting when I needed to give singers notes or, you know, say, hey, you were 10 minutes late today. Or there were even times people showed up hungover or didn't, weren't prepared. And I'm a nice person and I would always be personable, but you also have to be a little bit assertive. Like, you know, you need to be on time, you know, try to get here five minutes early. And it was just so interesting because. I would be name called behind my back. I would be met with eye rolls. I would be met with so much resistance. And I was just like, guys, I'm just asking you to show up on time and do your job and be prepared. Right. You're just doing your job. I'm just doing my job. And then meanwhile, there would be male production, you know, members who would, who would give feedback in a much harsher way or sometimes even rude and they wouldn't get the kind of resistance that I would. And it was, and it was, that was really difficult. That was kind of my first experience of, Oh, like you're going to treat me a certain way and expect me to be happy all the time. <laughs> you know. And I have to do my job and I have to sometimes be assertive, but that doesn't mean that I'm, you know, a bitch. You know? Right. It's, it's, yeah. it's so crazy and like mind boggling in, in today, you know, it's 2020. Yeah. You know, yeah. And it's like, really, like, why are we still, you know, focusing on this? And like, wh- why, why can't we just all be equal and be, you know, I say something and a man says something and we say it in the exact same way. Why am I getting, you know, getting the attitude and getting called, you know, called names. Yeah. And you know, it's just, it's just crazy. I, I honestly, I don't understand it. Like, like I said, I've had so much support in my career that it's like, if those situations do come up, it's like, what? Like, really? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I think the good news is things are starting to shift mm-hmm. and the more, we can stand up collectively and I think there's a greater awareness because you know sometimes the resistance isn't even from men sometimes it's from other women that's been a tough thing that I that I found over the years too but I I also feel that shifting I've really felt like over the past you know 10 years that women are starting to embrace sisterhood and and not being as competitive and knocking each other down but instead being like you know what we all have a seat at the table 
we all can support each other and cheer, cheer each other on. Um, at least I think, I think we're heading in that direction. I've definitely experienced more of that lately. Yeah, I have too. And I've seen it, um, you know, there's a lot of groups out there, whether they're on Facebook or they're, you know, in, in real life, um, just really, you know, women coming together and connecting and collaborating and, and sharing wins with each other. And how can I help you? Um, you know, and it's across, I've seen it across the industry in various aspects because my mm -hmm. full-time job is I'm, I work in the music products industry. So mm -hmm. we were at um, the NAM show, which is our largest trade show of the year. And I was a part of, there's a group called Smart Women in Music, SWIM. And, you know, to be a part of that group and, and just, just connect with people across the industry, it's, you know, I would have people say, how can I help you? What can I do for you? you know, how can I help you, sh you know, help share the podcast and, and, and get you connected. And, and that was really cool, right? Just to, to yeah. have, have that connection and to see that. And, you know, I've seen it across, there's a Facebook group I'm a part of. And I actually, I mentioned a lot on the podcast because it's, it's an amazing group. Um, it's called Music Biz Besties. And I found a lot of podcast guests through there. I've connected with women, you know, in LA here and across the country in Nashville and, and just everywhere. And it's really cool to have those kinds of groups, right? Just to, to, so we can support each other. Definitely. It's so important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of do want to shift gears, you know, that I, I think we need to definitely, that's a conversation that, especially on this podcast that, that we need to have. Um, but I, I, I guess it kind of goes along with, with this too, but you know, you, you do a lot, like you're, all across the board, all different aspects. How do you balance that all? And I think that's something that a lot of, of women who who work full time or who have multiple different areas they work in um, and really kind of struggle with is is how do you manage, you know, like a full time and then jumping into something else? And, and what does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, that's that's such a great question. Um, and I would say it's a work in progress for sure. It's hard to balance all the things you want to do. I think you have to manage your expectations a little bit. And there is some trade-off of, you know, if I only zeroed in on one thing, maybe it would move faster, but I'm really passionate about these other things too. And so I won't be happy if I just, you know, say I just released albums, but I didn't do live shows. The, part of me would be missing, you know what I mean? And so I think there are some phases and some seasons. Um, there was a season where I was doing a lot of acting and then kind of a new season rolled in and I really felt like I needed to make this album. And, and so I think you have to listen to your inner voice and really prioritize what is, what is important to you and what, what are you really doing because you want to do it and what are you doing because you feel like you should. Um, another thing is, I, I think along the way I've realized whether it is writing a song, performing a song, acting, um, recording a song, it's, it's all kind of the same thing because it all comes from this creative place where you're telling a story and you're, you're setting an intention and, and building a journey. And so I think I used to feel really scattered because it's like, well, 
I like to write songs, but I also want to do commercials and I also want to do this and I also want to do that. And then I realized there are these similarities between everything that I do. And if I can kind of focus on that and let, let each skill inform the other, um, like a great example would be, I, I love acting. Music has always come first, but I love acting. And I, I think that what I've learned in my training as an actor has crossed over to what I do as a singer because I look at the lyrics and I analyze them and I connect to them and I build a story and, and I build images for every line that I sing. And I really have something really specific that I'm singing about. And I hope that that comes across when you listen to it. You know, I hope that all of that, that storytelling is there. Um, Right. Yeah. We, well, we talked earlier about how, you know, especially if someone doesn't speak English and, and you're, you're on tour in another country, you know, you have to use those acting skills to, to yeah. really bring across the emotion and the meaning of the song because maybe they don't understand what you're saying. So that, that connection between, you know, and, and like you said, it's, it's all the creative arts, right? Like it's all, yeah. it's all connected somehow. Um, you know, whether you're just on stage singing, you're going to be expressing your emotion and you're going to be, you know, moving around and, and that, and, you know, you, you see that too in, in, in like Broadway, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're combining music with acting with, you know, just all kinds of art. So Definitely. That's the cool thing about being part of the creative industry is, is it's not just, you know, cut and dry. Like you really get to, to explore all the different areas. Definitely. And I, and I think like going along with that too, one thing I would, I would say to, you know, people that are getting into the industry or are trying to figure out, I think it's also important to be really true to yourself and authentic about what you really want because I've definitely had some detours along my route where you know for for example I I I was a musical theater major in college and I chose that major because I really wanted the acting training and the music training and the dance I was like that way I'll get it all yeah. and I loved doing musicals in high school but it was never I was never like, oh my gosh, my dream is to be on Broadway, you know? Right. But after I did Disney and cruise ships, I was like, it, it felt almost like, well, that's the most likely path to success because I, you know, you know, trained in musical theater and, and um, moving to LA seemed so far away. It felt like a bigger risk. So I moved to New York and I started, you know, really auditioning for Broadway musicals. And you know, I don't necessarily regret that, but at the same time, I look back on that time and I think I wasn't really being true to myself because I was spending a lot of time and energy on a dream that, you know, yes, I would love, I would love to be in a Broadway musical. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but it wasn't my like be all and end all dream. And so eventually I had to, to realize you know, this is taking up so much of my time and energy. Is it really what I want? So I think it's important also to once in a while step back and ask yourself those questions. 
Yeah, that's some great advice. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, well, today you, you really want, especially social media and whatnot, that authenticity, right? Yeah. You want to really be, you know, come across as authentic, you know, then your audience really trusts you and, and gets to know you and who you are. And, and, you know, it's, you know, when you're looking, especially if you're looking for a job too, whether you're looking for it in, you know, the corporate side of the industry or, you know, you're, you're freelance or you're an artist, you know, you're going to, people are going to recognize you when you're being authentic and they're going to be more willing to, to hire you and to help you out and to, to give you those opportunities. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. um, I guess kind of along those lines too, um, you know, especially in, in these performing, performing arts and whatnot, um, you know, it can, it can get kind of overwhelming, especially when you hear the word no. Um, mm-hmm. I think what's the saying is like, um, you'll get like a hundred no's before you get a yes or something like that. Yeah. 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 So, you know, when, what are some ways that, you know, you really stay positive and keep pushing forward in your, your career, especially if you start hearing like, no, 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 you know, do you just kind of shift or do you just, what, what keeps you going? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. It's something that I've had to work hard on because I'm, I'm a really sensitive person. And so rejection is, you know, I think, I mean, it's hard for everyone. I think usually people in the industry do tend to be sensitive and that's sort of our strength and how we do what we do, but it's also really hard with all the rejection it comes with. So that's a really good question. Um, I think like the, what I've found is the easiest way to stay positive and keep going is to focus on the why. Like, why do I do what I do? Why am I so passionate? And really staying connected to the reason you went into it for the, in the first place, because I think, you know, we all go into the music industry because we're so passionate about it. And it's easy to get caught up in, in the game and the, you know, trying to become successful and, and get opportunities and you can easily lose track of that. So I think checking back into why you need to keep going, why you love what you do, why, who do you want to touch with your music, I think is really important. And I would say the, the other thing is that, that helps me when I wasn't doing so well with all the rejection, <laughs> because there have been times I haven't done super well. Um, what helps me was starting to create my own opportunities instead of just waiting to be discovered or waiting for someone to cast me in something. I started uh, this band with my husband, uh, this cover band, I started, you know, making albums and making YouTube videos and, you know, investing in this, this Disney project at the beginning, we didn't know what would happen with it, but we wanted to make this tour. And I think, you know, while you are getting rejected, be continuing to make something that you have control over, you know, making your own album, making your own songs. I think that's helpful because you feel that momentum still going. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of goes along a lot of what I've been talking about on the podcast the last couple weeks is um, really getting into like an entrepreneur kind of mindset. Yeah. That's very similar, like creating your own opportunities. You know, 
putting yourself in that, that entrepreneurial, you know, and, and I've used the term musicpreneur, right? Like yes. think of yourself and your career as a business and, and kind of, you still have your personal aspect to it, but kind of, you know, when you, you get those rejections, you know, take the personal out of it and just think of it business-like and, mm-hmm. and just keep going in that way. And, 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 you know, the, that entrepreneurial spirit, you'll find something and, and you'll create your own opportunities, like you said, and, and find other ways to, to get yourself out there, get your music out there, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's, it's like you said, recording an album or starting a band or, you know, doing YouTube videos, just really just keep going, if, especially if it's your passion, right? Yeah. And that way you can choose songs or write songs that you love and, and you don't have to wait for someone else to, to tell you what to do. So it can be something you're really passionate about. So it keeps you in touch with that, that feeling of why you're doing what you're doing. Yes, definitely. And I love the why, um, you know, that's, I, have you, have you ever read the book? Um, it's called start with why by Simon Sinek. Yes. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. I love, I love the, you know, it's the golden circle and, and that, and really operating from your why, not your how or your what, and, and, and really always keep coming back to that. Definitely. I agree 100%. Yeah. I, I, I love that book. Um, it's, it's very, you know, it's a lot of people think, oh, it's a business book, but it's, it's very inspirational, whether you're in business or, you know, any other kind of industry. So it it's you personally too, right? It, it's it's a it can be a personal thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So kind of wrapping up a little bit here. Um. Uh. Other than your album that's being released tomorrow, um. What what are you kind of looking forward to? I know we talked about the the Disney jazz, but um, yeah. is there anything else coming up that you you'd like to to share? You know, it's, it's interesting because you never know what's going to, to come up along the way. Um, this industry is full of surprises. So <laughs> I, I, I love that I have, you know, the Disney tour in August to look forward to. Um, I love playing with my band every weekend. You know, we have a lot of fun doing weddings and events that the guys in the band are like, some of my best friends and we just, we really rock out and have fun. And then the unknown is always great too. You just don't know. It seems like every year some kind of tour comes up. Um, but usually toward the beginning of the year, you don't know what it's going to be. So I kind of the mystery of it, you know, what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. It's always exciting too, to, to kind of see yeah. when, when those opportunities arise. Definitely. Definitely. And, and then also yeah. my, my husband and I are working on, I've had some original songs sitting around for years and I want to get them, want to get them out there. So we've been arranging those. So hopefully in the fall or so I'll release a couple of new singles. That would be exciting. Yeah. I'll definitely uh, keep up with that and we'll share them when they come out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have any resources? I know we kind of talked about some advice for women, women looking to get in the industry, but do you have any resources that you'd recommend uh, for women, whether it's, you know, they're, they're wanting to get into the performing arts or, you know, connect with, you know, people at Disney for opportunities or cruise ships or, or, you know, anything really to get in the industry? Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I would say if you're interested in, Disney, they have a website, disneyauditions.com for like the parks and things like that. 
uh, cruise ships. I would like research the different cruise lines. I did Royal Caribbean, which is great because they have a lot of different ships. So there's opportunities to go all over the world. So I think, you know, it's like royalcaribbeanauditions.com or something like that. Um, when I lived in New York, I looked at Playbill and stuff like that. Usually just kind of Googling and being resourceful, looking up, you know, Los Angeles auditions or Facebook groups. If you're in LA, there's a, there's a Facebook group called Singer Friends LA. There's also a podcast. I mean, definitely listen to your podcast. It's awesome. <laughs> definitely. Um, if you're specifically a singer, there is a podcast called The Working Singer Podcast. Um, and then I would say, I would say also, you know, w like you were talking about that entrepreneurial spirits. I think, you know, getting some good business training or listening to some business podcasts can be helpful too. I really love Marie Forleo. Um, she helps creatives and entrepreneurs and you can check her out on YouTube and she gives a lot of great advice. Yeah, I've, I've followed, um, I've watched some of her videos and, and they're, they're amazing. I actually just subscribed to her podcast. So um, I feel like I'm like, okay, 300 episodes. How do I... <laughs> Do I go all the way back to the beginning or do I just kind of dive in? I know. Thank you. Um, who's the other one? Uh, Amy Porterfield too. She's got over, I think it's over 300 episodes and it's like, okay, I don't know where to start. <laughs> I'll have to look her up. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many, you know, business and entrepreneurship podcasts out there. So that's definitely a great, a great resource. Um, I follow a ton of them. So you know, whether you listen to the whole thing, you know, or you just find the episodes that relate to you that have great information. Um, and yeah. Oh, also, um, Ari's take, it's a blog. Ari Herstand, he writes a lot of great articles and things. Um, I would say definitely for, for people kind of getting into the business, he's a good resource as well. I think he just released, is it, a, I think a second edition of his book. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's one to definitely check out too. I haven't read it yet, but, um, I've heard, I've heard only good things about it. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, do, do I mean, do you have any favorite books or podcasts or do those the ones that you would, um, you know, is there anything that really like inspires you? Like what, what, what inspires you in your music? Is it books, podcasts, other artists? Yeah, I would say a mix of things. Um, Definitely other other artists inspire me. TV and movies inspires me a lot of times too. And I really like uh, Oprah's Masterclass podcast because she'll have on, you know, different successful people in their fields talk about just the journey and, and kind of what they went through to get where they are, which can be really inspiring. I think I've listened recently to The Rock and he, he had some really interesting things to say. Um, I love Tony Robbins also. I'm really into that. Like, I don't want to say self-help. What's a better? Personal <laughs> development. Personal development. That's, that's kind of where that, that uh, yeah. term is going now. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I like personal development. I like uh, Tim Ferriss has some interesting stuff. Tony Robbins. Um, yeah. 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 Lots you're, of you're talking my language now. <laughs> I love yeah. <laughs> 
All right. This was amazing, Mandy. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. Um, Thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, where can my listeners find and connect with you online and, and find your album? Yeah, definitely. So the album will be up on iTunes and Amazon, Spotify, all the streaming and downloading websites. And to connect with me, um, I'm on Instagram at Life of Mandy Dixon, and it's uh, M-A-N-D-Y-D-I-C-K-S-O-N. And I'm on Facebook. I have an artist page on Facebook, um, and I also have a YouTube channel where I'll post longer music videos and things that I don't share on the others. Um, Facebook, I, I also post like fun articles and little things I find. And then Instagram is better for you know, just kind of like day to day and behind the scenes. And I do weekly cover videos on Mondays. I call them um, Mandy's Musical Mondays. So that's, oh, that's fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll connect. Um, sorry, I'll link to all um, all of those in the show notes so my listeners can find you and can awesome. go listen to your album. Fantastic. Yeah, Fantastic. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Broken Glass Podcast. If you like the show and want to know more, visit www.brokenglassmediallc.com, subscribe to the podcast, and don't forget to leave a review. Join me each week to hear new stories, learn all about the tools and resources available to you, and get tips for building a career in music. If you're interested in becoming part of a community of supportive women in music, join our secret community on Facebook at the Broken Glass Collective.